Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Duval, welcome in to a post-53 man roster cuts episode of the Gen Jag podcast. Today I'm flying solo. Jeremy's having some technical issues over on his end with the internet. Shame on you, Xfinity. I'll break down the entire 53-man roster and practice squad, talk about Urban Meyer's comments on vaccination and how that may have impacted the roster decisions, and I'll take a look at where some of the former Jaguars uh, that did not make the squad this year have signed around the league. Be sure to check out GenJag.com to keep up with all the latest Jaguars news and analysis. We'll run through some quick notes here before we get into the 53-man roster. Packers, Saints, moved to Jacksonville for the opening weekend of the NFL season as New Orleans recovers from Hurricane Ida. So you could potentially watch the Jags game against the Texans at 1 p.m. and then head over to the bank to watch the Saints and Packers kick off their season at 425 p.m. Eastern time. Um... Jaguar season ticket holders are actually going to have a chance to purchase these tickets before the general public. Saints fans will be able to do so Thursday, September 2nd. That's the day I'm recording at 11 a.m. Jaguars fans at 3 p.m. and the general public at uh, Friday at noon or sometime on Friday. I can't really remember that exactly. But yeah, Jag season ticket holders will be able to, you know, get tickets to this game uh, prior to everyone else. So that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how many people will show up for that game, what the ramifications of all that will be. But it's time to talk some Jaguars football. Colin Johnson, a fan favorite around here, 2020 fifth round pick wide receiver, big body out of Texas. Uh, He's had some ups and downs in camp, definitely showed some signs of life late in the season last year uh, as a receiver. Obviously, big body can go up and catch passes that a lot of guys cannot. But the Jaguars opted not to keep him around. He was claimed by the Giants, so he'll be heading up to New York. Best wishes for him. He's really a guy that was easy to root for. And, I mean, besides the fact that they're just two big body guys, you could certainly see this as like a Colin, or excuse me, as an Alan Lazard comp. He went up to Green Bay, and he's done some good things there. I think Colin Johnson could have a similar role, although there's a big difference between heading to Green Bay to play with Aaron Rodgers and heading to New York to play with Danny Dimes up there. So I don't think he's in an offense that's going to elevate his game, uh, whereas Alan Lazard certainly is being with the Packers. Quinnen Williams, signed by the Jets. Linebacker, 2019 third-round pick. Uh, this is a guy that's going to play with his brother, Quincy. Or excuse me, Quincy Williams was the Jaguars player. I mistyped that on my notes here. Uh, Quincy Williams was the Jaguars' third-round pick of 2019 linebacker. He is headed to New York to play with his brother, Quinnen. 
who is a star defensive lineman up there. So that'll be cool to see the two brothers get to play with each other uh, on the field on the same defense. Uh, ben Ellison, tight end, undrafted last year. He did some good things for the Jaguars, certainly. I know the coaches liked him, but it was just one of those things where when you look at you've got Man Hurts, who's a blocking tight end. You've got Luke Farrell, who you drafted this year, who's a blocking tight end. There just wasn't much room for another blocking tight end. Ellison maybe have been may have been a practice squad candidate for the Jaguars if the Vikings hadn't claimed him, but he's heading up to Minnesota. They just lost lost Irv Smith for quite a while. So those are the three Jaguars that were claimed on waivers. Jake Luton actually just signed with the Seahawks. So he'll be a backup quarterback up there for the Seattle Seahawks. Good to see him get back to the great Northwest um, and you know have a shot to continue playing in this league. Now it's time to break down the Jaguars. 53-man roster, but before we do that, big thank you to Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check them out at their downtown location on East Bay Street and at the Riverside Tap Room on Roselle. So, 53-man roster. Got to start with quarterback. Trevor Lawrence coming off an absolute beast of a game against the Cowboys' backup defense. But there's some throws that I don't care who is in coverage. They ain't making a play on that ball that you saw this past weekend in Dallas. Zeke Elliott talked about it on Hard Knocks. Uh, Trevor was just looking smooth. 11 of 12. Um Two touchdown passes, was just dropping dimes all over the field. He looked really good. And uh, so, obviously, he's your QB1, first overall pick. You feel good about that. C.J. Beathard, who was one of the best quarterbacks this entire preseason, uh, he earned the right to be the Jaguars' backup quarterback, second string. Uh, I think he's a good backup. I'm not going to say that he's going to light the world on fire in the regular season like he did in the preseason, but he seems like a gamer. Um, wasn't overly impressive in his time with San Francisco, but he seems to really get what the Jaguars want to do here. And he seems like a guy that if heaven forbid, you need him to get into the game for a little bit, he can manage, uh, manage the game for the Jaguars. So those are the two quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew, he's in Philly traded for a conditional six round pick last Saturday, uh, it's a pick that could become a fifth-round uh, draft selection in the 2022 NFL draft if Gardner Minshew plays 50% of three games for the Eagles. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is their starter right now, but I don't think he's locked in to the point where if he struggles, they wouldn't yank him uh, for and potentially throw in Gardner Minshew. So that could be a fifth-round pick. Um, I, I always was pretty adamant about the Jaguars wanting to trade Gardner Minshew. I just didn't think that the competition made sense. You can say what you want about it, but they ended up trading him. So, uh, obviously, I think there was some merit to what I was thinking there. Running back. Got three guys here. James Robinson's the starter. Carlos Hyde is the number two. Daria Gumbawale would be a third down slash special teams type player. Good pass catcher. A uh, very good special teamer. James Robinson's going to be the lead dog here. Obviously, you wanted Travis Etienne to be able to contribute, but that's not going to happen. He's on IR for the remainder of the season with the foot injury. Carlos Hyde, he's going to come in and spell Robinson from time to time. Um, I'm not huge on Carlos Hyde, but I 
from what I saw over the last two years in Houston and Seattle, I think he's a capable backup for sure. Average 4.4 yards per carry. Haven't seen much from him in the preseason, but hopefully he'll be able to turn it on a little bit during the regular season. Um, Obviously, you'd like to have more than three running backs. Urban Meyer alluded to that. And now they were able to get Divino Zigbo and Nathan Cottrell back on the practice squad. So you've got five backs that you feel decent about. A, a Zigbo, I think, if you were in a real pinch, could come in and start for you, at least get some significant snaps. Cottrell's more of a special teamer. He's got a lot of speed, but I don't think he provides <clears throat> excuse me, a whole lot more than that at this point. Wide receiver. After initial cuts, there was only five guys on the roster at wide receiver, but the Jaguars were able to fix that with their waiver claim. We will get to that in just a moment. But they've got DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. Those are the big three receivers, right? Those are the guys that are going to be on the field all the time. Trevor's main targets in this offense. Then you've got Jamal Agnew, who is primarily a special teamer, but I do think he has some ability to perhaps get the ball in some unique situations. And as a route runner, I saw plenty from him in training camp to to say that I think he can develop into a contributor at the receiver position. Tavon Austin signed maybe halfway through training camp, uh, late addition because of injuries. He came in here and just busted his ass, made plays every single practice, scored a ton of touchdowns in practice, scored touchdowns in the preseason. This is a guy that earned his way onto the roster, and because there's no Travis Etienne, you need to have some more creative ways to get guys that have some juice the football. Tavon Austin is a guy that has some juice. I think Urban Meyer has some tricks up his sleeve for getting that guy the ball. I don't think he's going to come in and be the first-round pick that everybody expected him to be way back when, but can he have a role in this offense where he can pick you up some yards in certain situations? I do think so. Now, I know this is the guy that is probably last on the depth chart right now. I think he could quickly get up to maybe the fourth receiver here in Jacksonville. The Jaguars claim Tyron Johnson from the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a guy last year uh, for the Chargers. Prior to last year, he kind of bounced around during his rookie year, 2019. He went undrafted uh, after leaving uh, Oklahoma State as a junior. Uh, so... Unfortunate to see that, obviously, but he was able to find a home in Los Angeles last year, played with the Chargers, 20 catches, almost 20 yards per reception. So this is a big, deep threat. He runs sub 4-4, 40-yard dash, um, six foot one, 193 pounds, so not the stoutest receiver, obviously, but he's got enough size at six foot one. And then, like I said, 20 yards per catch on 20 catches, uh, caught 77% of his targets almost last year. So he was incredibly efficient and explosive for the Chargers last season. This is a guy that excels at go routes, but I've seen him able to snap off some uh, some nice out routes, and he's got some quickness, not just straight line speed. So this is a guy I think eventually you want him to kind of be that fourth receiver, the guy that's the deep ball specialist that can also do – a couple other things for you on offense. He's only 25 years old, uh, so he could, if he comes out and plays the way you expect him to play, if you're Urban Meyer, based on what you saw in 2020, he's a guy that could find a long-term home here uh, if he's able to ball out. Now, why isn't he in Los Angeles if he was so good? 
A, they have a ton of depth at receiver. B, he had a couple little issues in training camp this year. You had a situation where he had to get pulled off the uh, practice field because of him jawing back and forth with the 49ers DB and joint practices. And then you also had a couple um, couple issues with him in that game where he wasn't able to line up properly. One of those led to a penalty, a delay of game penalty. So not sure what was going on with Tyron Johnson there, but the Chargers head coach after the cut said that, you know, it was one of the most difficult cuts that he has, that he had to make and he really hated doing it. But for the Jaguars, it's a huge opportunity to get a guy that could potentially take the top off the defense for Trevor Lawrence, who has an amazing deep ball. So match made in heaven. Jaguars were number one on waiver claims. That's the guy they went out and got. They did not claim anyone else. They really wanted Tyron Johnson. I'll give myself a little pat on the back. I called that on Tuesday. Jaguars made it happen on Wednesday. Tight end. Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, Luke Farrell. Manhurts is the primary blocker. He will be used in pass-catching situations because you got to keep defenses honest. You don't want them just knowing he's going to be out there to block. But he's the primary blocker. I don't think he has natural hands, but he has caught most of the passes thrown his way throughout training camp. So I have to give him credit for that. Is that going to translate to the regular season? I'm not sure, but he has caught mostly everything thrown to him so far in training camp. James O'Shaughnessy, best pass-catching tight end on the team. I think ideally he is a number two pass-catching tight end on a really good offense. But when you've got the guys the Jaguars have in the wide receiver room, adding James O'Shaughnessy to that mix I think is nice. And uh, O'Shaughnessy busts his ass, works really hard, catches everything thrown his way. He has a connection with Trevor Lawrence that we've seen throughout training camp. So you got to feel pretty good about that. Obviously, he's not the elite tight end, receiving tight end that you might want. But I think he's more than passable as your top receiving threat at tight end. Also, wouldn't be surprised to see a trade come down the line for another uh, maybe more bona fide, maybe more athletic pass-catching tight end. Luke Farrell, he's a rookie out of Ohio State. Very good blocker. And I think he has potential as a pass catcher. He had some nice uh, athletic testing scores this year. So I think he's a guy, if he can continue to develop maybe nuance as a route runner and, and things like that, that could develop into a solid receiver. He's got good hands. And he showed uh, showed his receiving chops a little bit. Um, last week he had two first, down, uh, two first down catches on third down. So he really helped out the offense there. Offensive line is only at eight right now, but of course that's because AJ can is still on the reserve slash COVID list. So as soon as he's activated, the Jaguars are going to have to dump someone off the roster. What I'm looking at is it could be, could be a defensive lineman. They have a ton of guys up front, so we'll see about how that goes. But the offensive line, Cam Robinson is your starter at left tackle. Andrew Norwell, left guard. Brandon Leonard, center. Uh, AJ can, when he gets activated, will be the starting right guard. Jawan Taylor, starting right tackle. Walker Little is your primary backup left tackle. Ben Barch can play either guard position. Tyler Shatley can play any of the interior positions. Will Richardson is a tackle primarily, but he can kick inside to guard. Uh, George Warhop, the Jaguars offensive line coach, spoke to the media yesterday. I think you heard a lot of coach speak 
really. Um, but he did commend Walker Little, said he is playing like a rookie, has some highs and lows. But he thinks Walker Little, if he needs to be called upon during the regular season, will go in and hold his own. Said the same thing about Ben Barch. We know Tyler Shatley can do that. Uh, will Richardson, I think, is still kind of a weak link, but he has shown some positive signs throughout um, throughout training camp in the preseason. Still a work in progress, in my opinion. And Jawan Taylor is a big work in progress over on the right side. Uh, George Warhop still thinks there's some development needed. I obviously agree. He's just got to get more consistent as a pass protector. I think all these guys are quality run blockers. Uh, Norwell, Linder, those guys are great in pass protection. Cam Robinson's decent in pass protection. AJ Kant's decent in pass protection. Jawan Taylor, to me, is the weakest link in the starting lineup there. Hopefully he can turn it on during his third season in the league here. Defensive line. Josh Allen. Calevon Chason. Jordan Smith. Dewan Smoot. Jihad Ward. Roy Robertson-Harris, Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown, Jay Tufele, Taven Bryant, Adam Gotsis, Laurenti McRae, and Aaron Patrick. They initially kept one more guy in Daniel Ekuale, but they had to uh, had to release someone, obviously, or waive someone, excuse me, to claim Tyron Johnson, the wide receiver yesterday. So Ekuale was the odd man out. If he does not get claimed by anyone, I believe he will revert to the practice squad. For the Jaguars. They like him a lot. I like him a lot. I think he's a quality player. Um, the one guy you probably really wanted to see on here that's not on here is Doug Costin. But fortunately for the Jaguars, they were able to get him back on the practice squad as well. So you've got all your guys you like, assuming you can get Ekuale back off waivers here. But um, up front, I think you feel really good about that interior defensive line, especially against the run. With Devon Hamilton, Malcolm Brown, Roy Robertson, Harris, those guys in the middle are, they're studly against the run. They were prior to this season, in my opinion, as well. But you've seen it now during training camp, during the preseason. Obviously, you need to see it during the regular season to really come out and praise these guys. But from what I've seen, that's a defensive front that is going to be able to stop the run. Um, Josh Allen, Caleb on Chason, Jordan Smith, Dewan Smoot, these are guys uh, Laurenti McRae. These are guys that really got to come out and uh, play better than they have in the past. Josh Allen was dealing with injuries last year, had a spectacular rookie season. Haven't been able to see him much because he's been on the COVID list. So you really want to see him come out and play well. Caleb on chase on as well. He's had some highs and lows throughout training camp in the preseason, but he's been getting some pressure. I think you need to continue seeing that. You saw it at the end of 2020. need to see it move into 2021. Uh, Dewan Smoot, he's going to be a steady guy as your second, third, fourth pass rusher here. I think he's in a very good position to have a quality season as a rotational player. Jordan Smith has really impressed the hell out of me. I was not high on him when the Jaguars traded up for him in the fourth round as an edge player that was just long and skinny and didn't look super athletic but and did not know how to set the edge to save his life at UAB. But he's come in, he's gotten coached up, and he's played really well throughout the preseason, made a lot of plays against the run, gotten some pressure a little bit here. You love that. Jihad Ward, he's an energy guy just super high energy always talking always getting the guys fired up he went and got a couple pressures last game he's been an effective rotational player for them throughout the preseason uh j2 fele 
He's a rookie, fourth-round pick, obviously. Haven't seen a ton from him yet, but you don't necessarily need it because you've got your guys, RRH, Devon Hamilton, and Malcolm Brown in the middle, so you can kind of jank, bring J2 Fele along at his own pace. The Jaguars kept Taven Bryan. I know people aren't happy about that, but he's an athletic freak, a physical freak. He's been given high effort, high energy at these practices, and he played very well against the Cowboys, so... Maybe this is the year where, in a rotational situation, Taven Bryant can kind of actually have a positive impact on this football team. I'm not crossing my fingers or holding my breath on that happening, but he is a backup, so it's not like this is a guy that you need to be super effective in order for the defensive front to be effective. Adam Gotsis is a very good rotational player. He had the most run stuffs of any Jaguars defender last year. Um, I think keeping him around is great. Just in case of injury and for his rotational ability. Laurenti McRae, hopefully he's primarily just going to be a special teamer, one of the core special teamers the Jaguars have had for a long time. Uh, Really good leader and special teams player. Aaron Patrick, he's a guy I don't think the Jaguars expected to keep, but big defensive end, played so well throughout the preseason, always making plays against the run. Seemed very smart, always in the right position, setting the edge. You like to see that. Linebacker, you've got five guys here. I expected them to keep four, but they kept five. Miles Jack, Damian Wilson, those are the starters. We all know that. Miles Jack is a do-it-all guy. He can roll downhill, thump. He can cover tight ends. He can cover in zone. You love Miles Jack. I think he's in for a massive season. Damian Wilson, he's your middle linebacker next to Miles Jack, and he's going to come in and he just needs to be an enforcer against the run. He's not going to make a big impact as a cover man. On early downs, he needs to be an enforcer against the run. So far, we haven't seen anything that suggests he won't be able to do that. So you feel good about that. Shaq Quarterman is your primary backup, I would say. And then you've got Chappelle Russell and Dakota Allen. I didn't have Dakota Allen making the team because I had Chappelle Russell beating him out here. Excuse me. Um, Russell's just more athletic, and I think he was – more assignment sound and a bit more physical than Dakota Allen, but they've got all five of those guys. So I think you feel very good about that linebacker position. As long as Joe Cullen is scheming this up to where Damian Wilson is not in coverage a ton. You want him rolling downhill. You do not want him moving backwards or laterally. You want him attacking the football. Rayshon Jenkins at safety is your first starter. And Andre Sisco appears to be the other starter. You've also got Rudy Ford, Andrew Wingard, and Daniel Thomas. That means no Josh Jones, no Jared Wilson. Two guys that were the primary starters entering the season last year for the Jaguars are now gone. Jared Wilson, I know the Jaguars like. They released him, give him an opportunity to go sign somewhere else. If he cannot find another home, I do think they would like to bring him back on the practice squad. Um. Josh Jones had an injury. I'm not sure what it was, but they threw him on IR and then waived him with an injury settlement. So he's gone as well. When you look at the starting safeties, Rayshon Jenkins, he's a do-it-all type of guy. I think uh, he's not as big as you would think for a guy that can play strong safety, but he will be primarily a free safety. What those a safety titles free and strong mean in this defense I think is going to be kind of blurred because you see Rayshon Jenkins in the preseason making a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage I think Andre Sisco is going to move all over the field as well you saw it during preseason these guys are going to line up everywhere I mean everywhere 
They're going to line up at traditional safety spots. They're going to line up at linebacker. They're going to be on the line of scrimmage at times. Sometimes they might be in the slot or even out wide at corner. I don't know that Rayshon Jenkins is going to be a superstar for the Jaguars, but I do think he's going to be a quality starter. I think he's going to make plays. Andre Sisco, I think the sky is the limit with his uh, his athleticism and speed and his physical prowess as well. He's really impressed me. He was a guy in college at Syracuse that was – he looked a little bit um, not assignment sound, just kind of flying all over the place kind of a roamer type of guy instead of instead of following the assignments for the defense. But I don't know if perhaps Syracuse's defensive coaching wasn't great. He was trying to make up for other people's mistakes. Whatever the case, Andre Sisco looks way better right now than he did at Syracuse. That's really impressive. This is a guy that at Syracuse, while his highs were very high, his lows were pretty bad as well. He's a ball hawk. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for this young guy, and I'm excited to get him into the starting lineup here. Um, Behind them, I mentioned Rudy Ford, Andrew Winger, Daniel Thomas. Ford and Winger, those are special teams guys in my opinion. I know the Jaguars like Rudy Ford coming in as like a linebacker and a big dime set. You've seen some good things from it. I'm not going to buy it until I see him in the regular season because he kind of never – Never made his mark in Philly outside of being that special teams ace, which he will be the special teams ace or a special teams ace for the Jaguars. Uh, Urban Meyer mentioned that he has never seen a better gunner than Rudy Ford. He's as good as he's seen. So that's great to hear. Andrew Wingard, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he does have special teams value. I'll leave it at that. Daniel Thomas missed some time with the COVID COVID-19 reserve list. Excuse me getting ahead of myself he's a guy the Jaguars drafted last year very athletic very fast not the tallest guy but he's got speed and athleticism he made a lot of plays on special teams after getting back from the COVID list you like to see him there I'm glad they were able to keep him around cornerback is a position not a lot of people are talking about and I'm not sure why okay you've got five corners which is a low number usually you're looking at at least six of these guys Trey Herndon is injured currently with an MCL sprain. So you've got four healthy cornerbacks. I think that's a little concerning. You've got Shaq Griffin, who you feel pretty good about, even though he didn't play his best during the preseason. I do think you will see him step up as a good man cover corner. C.J. Henderson, another guy where the sky is the limit as long as he can keep his head on straight and keep his focus. He's played very well during the preseason and training camp. Excuse me. Tyson Campbell, it's either going to be him or Trey Herndon in the slot right now, and Campbell cannot cover the deep ball to save his life. He's going to be right there in the great position to make a play on the ball, but he does not have the ability to turn around, locate, and go up and get the ball, unfortunately. We've seen it time and time again at Georgia. Now we've seen it several times here in the preseason if I'm a defense, or excuse me, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I am doing my best to get him in situations covering guys down the field to where you can just attack that. Now, Campbell is sticky in coverage. Like I said, he's going to be there. And in the short to intermediate areas of the field, I feel very good about his ability to be an effective corner for the Jaguars. I think he can make plays in those areas of the field. It's just deep down the field that he does not have the confidence to go up and make plays on the ball, and that is a major concern. So it's going to be a little chess match here between Joe Cullen and offensive coordinators 
can you get Campbell in the advantageous situations? If Joe Cullen can do that, I think you could see a fantastic season from Campbell, fantastic rookie season as the 33rd overall pick, top pick in the second round. If Campbell gets in these situations where he's covering guys deep down the field with regularity, which opposing offensive coordinators are going to be trying to get that to happen, you could have a bumpy start to the career for Tyson Campbell. Again, Trey Herndon, they really like him as a slot guy. Injured right now. I don't know if he'll be ready for the regular season or not. We'll see how that plays out. Chris Claybrooks. He's a guy that has special teams value in a big way as a backup return man. Speed for days. Very feisty physical player, even though he's not very big. And I do think there's potential there for him to become a decent cornerback. Uh, He didn't play a ton of corner in college at Memphis. He was primarily a return man, but I do think there's potential there uh, for a guy that was a seventh-round pick in 2020. That's it for the offense and defense. That's what they've got right now. Um, Kicker Josh Lambeau, they are working out another kicker, uh, but Josh Lambeau's it for now. Logan Cook is the punter. He's one of the best in the league. I mean, honestly, looking back, Lambeau and Cook have been two of the best guys in the league at their positions. Lambeau had some struggles this preseason coming off the hip injury, but he rebounded very nicely in the final preseason game, making both of his kicks and making all of his extra point attempts. So hopefully he's able to carry that momentum into the regular season. Long snapper Ross Matisik, as long as you're not hearing the long snapper's name, that's a good thing, and that's been the case since he's been in Jacksonville. So he's going to continue to be the long snapper there. All right, make sure to follow myself at Jordan DeLugo and Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Jeremy Markoski is not here with us today, but follow him as well at Jeremy Markoski. We talked a little bit about the practice squad here already. We know Doug Costin was able to get re-signed to the practice squad, and um, we know that Divino Zigbo and Nathan Cottrell also were able to uh, find a place on the practice squad. Cornerback Lorenzo Burns, who the Jaguars signed a little, maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago from Arizona. He's on the practice squad. You've got a lot of receivers here on the practice squad, which should make you feel better about that receiver depth. You've got Laquan Treadwell, who was a training camp star. Devin Smith, who went and made that amazing diving grab in his first game with the Jaguars, being signed about 24 hours prior. Uh, So you like to have him back. Uh, Philip Dorsett. Not a huge fan, but if he's on your practice squad, I feel pretty damn good about that. Uh, Jeff Cotton, another guy who really balled out late in the preseason. He made some incredible plays against the Cowboys. Probably the best catch of the day. Well, no, not better than Devin Smith's, but one of the best catches of the day. Uh, Deep down the right side, he had to go extend for it in tight coverage. And then he also was able to turn a little wide receiver screen into like a 30-yard gain in that game. So you feel very good about that. I believe that's all our wide receivers. Josh Hammond is also on the practice squad. He's a guy that's been around here for a little while. Very consistent bottom of the roster type wide receiver. I like him a lot. I'm happy to see him return on the practice squad. Offensive lineman Casey McDermott, who's been around for a little bit. He's also on the practice squad. I think that provides you an extra layer of security there. Badara Treor who the Jaguars recently signed. He's able to revert to the practice squad. Trevor Wallace-Sims, who had to step in and play a lot during the preseason because of injuries, especially against the Cowboys, and he played very well. Uh, He is also on the practice squad. So I think I've got everyone covered here. Um, 
So I think you've got a very solid practice squad and seeing guys that the Jaguars waived get claimed, three of them, I believe that's tied for the um, NFL lead, three guys getting claimed. That shows you that there's depth on this roster, that there's good players on this roster and that other teams are noticing that. So that's a good sign moving into the regular season. I don't want to get too hot and heavy into like regular season predictions right now or how I think this is all going to play out. But I will, I will say, I think the wide receiver room looks very good. I think the running back room with James Robinson, who is a legitimate three-down back, looks very good. Robinson is excellent pass catcher, excellent runner first and second down, and he's a hammer, a load to bring down if you've got uh, third and short, fourth and short, and he's an excellent pass protector. I uh, can't overstate how good he is in pass protection. When James Robinson is on the field, he's going to make a positive impact for the Jaguars, and that's what you want to see. I feel really good about that. feel very good about Trevor coming off the performance he had. You've seen it in practice throughout training camp. Now he's gotten the experience of it on the NFL field, uh, so you feel good about that. I like his receivers a lot. I love getting Tyron Johnson in there. That really kind of just solidifies that room, in my opinion. Tight end, you'd like to see a bonafide pass catcher, but Manhurts and Farrell are excellent blockers. O'Shaughnessy is more than capable as a pass catcher, so I feel pretty good about that. I like the offensive line, the starters specifically, outside of right tackle Jawan Taylor. I'm not confident. Now, he's still a young player. He could improve, but from what I've seen throughout training camp, throughout the first two years of his career, I'm not super confident in Jawan Taylor. AJ can take him or leave him. Uh, He's a good run blocker. Liability at times and pass protection. Seems like there's just some mental lapses there. So I feel pretty good about the offense moving forward. Obviously, it's a very, excuse me, young offense with Trevor Lawrence being your starting quarterback as a rookie. James Robinson, second year player. LaVisca Chenault, second year player. DJ Chark going into his fourth year. Marvin Jones is the veteran there in that receiving room. So it is a young offense. It's an offense with a new offensive coordinator, new philosophy, all that stuff. So it could take a little while for it to completely gel. But I think the talent is there at the uh, running back and wide receiver and tight end spots. I think obviously the talent's there with quarterback. I think offensive line is going to be better than a lot of people think, but not great. I think they're going to be average. Uh, and average should be good enough. Defensive line, like I said, love the interior, love the the run-stuffing potential. You're going to need to see Joe Cullen scheme up some pass rush, in my opinion. Uh, maybe Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on both take a step forward. We'll see. I'm not going to predict that yet. I, I do think the pass rush will be improved compared to last year. It'd be hard not to be considering they only had 18 sacks on the season. But I don't think the pass rush is going to be elite. And I also don't really think the corners are going to be elite cover guys. I think Shaq Griffin is a good number two, not a Great number one. I think C.J. Henderson has the potential to be a number one, but we really need to see it. And then I'm a little bit worried about what you've got going on at the nickel spot with Campbell and Herndon. Um, I talked a good bit about that. So I'm just not super confident in the pass defense right now. I don't think they'll be horrible. I don't think they'll be bottom of the league, but I think they might be average to slightly below average in that department. And if that's the case, you're going to be seeing a lot of shootouts, even if you can't stop the run. Uh, I mentioned I feel good about 
Logan Cook, very good about Logan Cook, very good about Ross Matisic. I'm hoping Josh Lambeau continues his uh, momentum from the final preseason game into the regular season. So overall, this is a roster that I think you can feel pretty good about for first-year head coach Urban Meyer. I don't think this is a team that is like bound for the Super Bowl or anything like that. We will make season predictions next week on the show when Jeremy returns. But overall, this roster compared to what you had last year, there's a lot of youth, there's a lot of talent, and most importantly, there's Trevor Lawrence. You've got to feel good about that heading into week one against the Houston Texans on the road. Looking to gear up for the season? Check out genjag.com for all the Duval gear you could possibly want. We've got tons of original, unique items that you can be proud to wear. Show everybody where you're from, Duval County. Uh, we had a big restock last week, so there's a lot of items that have not been available in a while up on the shop at ginjag.com slash shop. So to close out the show, I just want to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer's comments. The national media, per usual, took it upon themselves to jump down his throat after Urban Meyer essentially, and not essentially, he did say, vaccination was a consideration during roster cuts. He didn't say it was the consideration or a deciding factor. All he said was that it was a consideration. So there's two different ways I kind of want to attack this. Um, It's ridiculous that this matters, for one. He didn't say they cut anyone for that reason. He said they considered it. He isn't the first coach or decision maker to mention this. He might have done it more explicitly than Brandon Bean or Matt Rule did. But other guys around the league have talked about it. You know, it's not some secret. I don't know why we feel like it has to stay behind this wall where it's just an unspoken thing that every decision maker in football is worried about vaccinations. And the NFL, the way they have designed the rules for COVID, they make coaches have to worry about vaccination. A, you don't want breakouts, and the more vaxxed players you've got, the less chance for breakouts there are. Uh, Just in general, you don't want breakouts. But B, if you have a breakout on your team and you have to cancel a game and you can't get it rescheduled during the 18 weeks of the regular season, you forfeit that contest. I mean, this could give you a loss on your your, uh, season and make you not make the playoffs if you're a borderline team. So how could coaches not consider it? From that perspective. And then you've got NFLPA coming out, according to Pro Football Talk, saying they're going to investigate the comments and how the Jaguars did their roster cuts and everything. This is one of the least vaccinated teams in the league. So it's not like it's not like they're just cutting guys because they're not vaccinated. They're one of the least vaccinated teams in football. They're about 85% last time I checked. There's a lot of teams that have a lot higher rate than that, so maybe the NFLPA should go sniffing around those locker rooms instead of coming after Urban Meyer for being honest. It's like crazy that the media, NFLPA, NFL, all this, would rather Urban Meyer lie when he was asked point blank if vaccination had any factor in roster cuts. He was asked point blank by a media member, Gene Frenette. He answered honestly, and now we're (laughs) going to criticize him for that? I think it's just ridiculous. I think it says a lot of bad things about society, about the NFL, about all that. You have to 
make the team the decisions that are best for your team and the best for your team's potential to win. If you didn't consider vaccination as a part of that, you're not leaving every stone unturned. I don't know how you could not consider vaccination. You know, it would it would be um, malpractice to not consider vaccination. The fact that the NFLPA is getting mad about it and people, media members around the league and around the country are just kind of jumping all over Meyer Ford, I think it's ridiculous. I've been critical of some of the things Urban Meyer has done so far. I still have a lot of confidence in the guy as a head coach. And the fact that he's getting criticized now for being honest, give me an honest answer to the media, I think it's really, really ridiculous. That's my take on that. That's going to do it for the show. Shout out to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot. Helps more Jags fans find us. Uh, next week, we will do our season preview. So bold predictions, uh, record predictions, all that good stuff will be next week on the Gin Jag podcast. But yeah, that'll do it for the show. Enjoy your final weekend before the regular season, Duval. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.